This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You're damn right it is. Joseph, we are locked in on the biggest game of the weekend this week, and it involves the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. The 49ers on the road in Philadelphia are two-and-a-half to three-point favorites as to wherever you are looking. I believe right, right now on ESPN, bet they are three-point favorites in this game. And we know what happened last year in the NFC Championship game when Brock Purdy got hurt and thus the, the opportunity for the 49ers to win that game essentially left the building at that right then. Are the 49ers right now with a healthy Brock Purdy a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles? Man, that's a tough one to answer. Because what are we going to base that on, right? Are we going to base it on what we see this weekend? Are we going to base it on what we've seen the last couple weeks, the totality of the work we have from all this year? Do we include last year? These two, what I love about these two, they're just right there. They're right there with one another. 1A, 1B. And whoever you want to have is 1A is fine with me. I'm not going to put up a huge argument. Niners have a great opportunity here coming into this game. 10 days to get ready. They're off a Thursday nighter against Seattle. Plenty of time to rest up, get healthy, put a game plan together, travel east. Philadelphia, it's the exact opposite. One big game after another. A Monday nighter in Kansas City to take out the Chiefs. Then an overtime game against the Bills in the rain. Now this, then the Cowboys. It's a tough stretch. Guys are banged up this time of year. I think that one thing I'm considering, and I wrote this down earlier, I want to know what you think. Is this right here the biggest game of Brock Purdy's young career? Because we could say, obviously, last year's NFC Championship game, but he got hurt right away, and that was that. Like, to date, is this the biggest game of his career? Because this is a big-time test. We counted the divisional last year or no? You can count it. Count them all. Anything he's played in, you can count. I'm just dismissing the NFC Championship game because he got hurt, and that just fell apart. Uh, uh, Of course. Well, I mean, the divisional against the Cowboys was, I, I would say, was probably still the biggest of his career. But this is right there. This is certainly the biggest regular season game he's ever played. And if you want to look at it like a rematch with a healthy party, by all means, do that. Yeah, I I would say regular season, absolutely. And I would put only one other game in front of that in the postseason. And that was divisional weekend last year. I look at Purdy right now. Remember, it wasn't all that long ago, five, six weeks ago. We were starting to question what's going on there. Yep. We looked at what Purdy was doing, and during a three-game losing streak, while they were not healthy, remember they lost to the Browns, remember they lost to the Vikings, and they lost to the to the Bengals as well. Purdy, during that stretch, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Since, over Jacksonville, Tampa, Seattle. All right, not as good a competition as maybe those three games were, but he's back to being what we expected him to be at seven and one. I would say right now, Brock Purdy has something to prove here, but the biggest game of his career is going to come if there is a rematch. Now, what's the argument to, um, in the postseason? I should say, what's the argument to be made here? You win this game and then all of a sudden, Maybe you got a chance to catch him and you'd have the tiebreaker and you can get that game in San Francisco. 
That's going to be big, right? It's not just about hosting the game. It's about the week off. Because since we readjusted the playoffs a few years ago to seven teams, only one team's getting the bye. And that bye is essential at that time of year. Get the rest, get healthy, get organized. And then on top of that, you get home field advantage. It's a beautiful thing. And given the way that the NFC could shake down, and we saw this last year, the number one seed might not even have that daunting of a game in the divisional round. You come off your bye, and last year it was Philadelphia hosting the Giants. That's not exactly going to be the stiffest of tests. It's not to knock the Giants, but let's be honest. It's one thing if you're getting the Giants in the divisional round, based on what we saw last year. It's another thing if a team like the Ravens is coming to your house in those years where they went 10-6, and you know, 10 and seven when we expanded to 17 games. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough matchup. So here you go. I, I think for the Niners, ultimately, it's not so much about the playoff positioning because if you can play defense and run the football, you can win on the road. I'm not so concerned about whether or not the Niners can go to Philadelphia and get a win. I, they're good enough. They're good enough to win anywhere. Philadelphia is good enough to win anywhere. I wonder what it becomes if you lose this game, given the advantage you have coming in with the rest what the mindset then is like if you're a member of the Niners. Because you have a great excuse for why you didn't win this game last year. Yeah. yeah. Great excuse. You lose this game to them again when you're at full steam and they aren't, now we're in a situation where you go home, you look in the mirror, and you think, can you even get by these guys? More than fair, this is really, for the Eagles, a brutal stretch. I mean, a brutal stretch. First, it was last week coming off the short week. Then you get the Niners this week coming off the game that they get that the Niners get the extra rest from and Joe next week you get the Cowboys coming in off of the physical game with the Niners and you reminded us of this earlier this year the number of teams that go against the Niners and what happens to them the following week in terms of wins and losses what was where are we with that number right now? I don't have it updated, but it is staggering. Last yeah. season it was something like 15 and 1 against the spread. Yeah. 15 and 1 something like that. Like you were losing. Like the game was the implication here for those who don't know is that the Niner game is so physical and so taxing for the opponent that they go out the next week and they struggle because of what just happened. This was very much something that the Pittsburgh Steelers did to people in the aughts and in the early teens and now the Niners are doing it to people. You come off the Niner game, it takes a little piece away from you. That's what makes them such a good team. The, the physicality, the toughness on both sides of the ball so Philly coming off this but again this is the check from last year coming due the Eagles had one of the easiest schedules in the entire NFL last year and they took full advantage of it well you're a first place team you won the NFC schedule's not going to be easy every single year and this stretch right here is the check coming due for last season the Eagles are the best team in the league having said that I'm staying the hell away from this game not playing this game? I, I I don't feel great about anything in this game. I mean, as your early looks at it, what are you thinking about with this game? If I get it at less than three, I'm playing the Niners. I'm playing the Niners at less than three. If you got to get it under the three, though. Yeah, it's it's right now the market split. ESPN bet has three. So if you like Philadelphia, three is a good price there. That's where we saw the buyback come in. Like, where was the money going to come in? What was the right number for Philly? And we just saw it go up, up, up. The look ahead line last week was Eagles minus one and a half. Then Sunday when the line came back out after the Bills game, it was pick them. 
Then by Monday morning, it was Niners minus one. And then it went all the way up to Niners minus three, which is a huge move. And that's where we finally started to see Philadelphia money. So Philly money at, at plus three and then Niner money prior to that. I like the Niners. We already laid out the situation. I also think the difference in this game will be defense. Uh, Philadelphia 18th or worse in defensive efficiency and defensive EPA, which is expected points added. They have been good on defense. They have not been great. The Niners have been cooking since that bye week. The defense has been playing very good. That's what I think ultimately is the difference in this game. The Niners being able to get some mistakes out of Jalen Hurts. Okay, so with that in mind, will the Eagles have another weapon at their disposal on Sunday? Breaking breaking news? A little bit of breaking news. Not a big breaking news. No, not a big breaking news. First to report, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt (laughs) is reporting. Number one, that America is great. J.J. Watt is reporting that. And number two, J.J. Watt reporting that the Cardinals and Zach Ertz are mutually parting ways. Uh, Ertz wants the opportunity to finish his career out somewhere else where he could win. I wonder where that could possibly be, Joe. Is Zach Ertz going to be wearing 86 on Sunday for the Philadelphia Eagles? I I don't know if it happens that quickly. I mean, with the Dallas Goddard injury, the Eagles might be inclined to take a look, but all, all due respect to Ertz, a great Eagle, beloved in the city of Philadelphia. How much is left? 33 years old, caught 27 passes this year, yards per reception down at 6.9, only one TD. A lot of that's on Arizona. I understand that, but th- there a was a reason. Question, though. What's that? It's a fair question about how much that's- is left. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. I mean, he he's had a great career, but eventually it, it, it dries up. I mean, he's taken a pounding. That's not a position where you're avoiding contact. Everything's over the middle with safeties laying the wood on you on a repeated basis. So, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be a cheap option, that's for sure. But I don't know if Philadelphia has the need. With Goddard going down, they'll probably look, but I'm not sure how much upside is here. And again, all due respect, because I love him as an eagle. It's just, you know, we're, we're the numbers have really fallen off a cliff here. Once again, the old all due respect. Yeah. No, you're done. <laughs> well, you know, I just that's the thing. I like I like them as an eagle. It's just you see this late in the career and you realize I don't you know, there's not a whole lot there. And, and that's OK. It happens to everybody in the NFL. Fort and bought a Ertz get lost. That's, okay. the headline. <laughs> that's the headline. Let's just say what it is. We are not a beat around the bush show. Unless I like really I like us. you. I like you, Zach. I think you had a wonderful run in Philadelphia. I'll always remember it. Don't listen to him. Fortinbata Arts. Hit the bricks. Stay away. <laughs> Howie, You're lucky don't you, you made dare. it this long. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. On the Dr. Pepper call in line, you have a u- unique opportunity to be a part of this show. At 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Yo, you know, Halloween is over, but hiring, (laughs) still a bit scary. Indeed's end-to-end solution helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates, sponsor a job, and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Oh, we've got pizza money coming up. Plus, earlier we were talking about organizations making a hire that buys them instant credibility turns out maybe that's what david tepper is exactly trying to do you'll find out next on espn radio radio 
Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. This is V-Week at ESPN Radio. Join the fight. Go to V.org backslash donate. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Plenty more NFL for the rest of the show, but in this instance, we turn our attention to the association. First quarter bet tonight, okay? First quarter bet, it's Oklahoma City, the Thunder, minus one and a half in the first quarter over the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to come out flat tonight. They just played a game in Detroit last night. So this is the second half of a back-to-back. It's their fourth game in six days, and all four of those are road games. So they've been in different cities nonstop. Final game of this four-game road trip. So I think they're a lot out of gas to an extent. Keep in mind, they have a minus four point differential in the first quarter this year, which is 29th in the NBA, a minus six first quarter point differential when playing on the road, which is 28th in the NBA. So not only tired and at the end of a long road trip, but they also stink in the first quarter to begin with. Oh, by the way, Oklahoma City, their opponent tonight, rested, having not played last night, and number two in the NBA in first quarter point differential at plus four. Pizza money number two, Thunder, minus one and a half in the first quarter over the Lakers. My reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. There's no reason why that doesn't come here, too. It does. That patience comes with good performance. I have a hard time imagining this is going to be an attractive job, just given how dysfunctional it seems on his face. And now you're adding another degree of difficulty on Bryce's development. The only negative is you might not be there long enough for it to matter. But when you're talking about, well, guys pass up on the interview, no way. They're all taking the interview. 
Well, a very interesting name has popped up for Mr. David Tepper as he looks at his new head coach, and it's courtesy of Cam Newton. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Mr. Newton, courtesy of Barstool Sports, former NFL quarterback on his fourth and one YouTube series, chiming in on who he thinks David Pepper, David Pepper, David Barry Tepper. Pepper. Barry Pepper. Good actor. Barry Pepper marries David Tepper. You get Barry Tepper. Barry Tepper. Or Pepper. David Pepper. Or, or Brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Exactly. All right, so it's David Tepper. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. anyway, here's, here's Cam Newton about David Tepper with no Barry Pepper hoping <laughs> for a certain coach in New England. I think Tepper is really... Knowing what I do know, he's hoping that he can he can land Bill Belichick. That that right there will be a win 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 for David Tepper. Tepper will give him everything that he would need, and okay. also that will allow Belichick to say, you know what, things didn't work Get out, out of the here. way. Yeah, now I can show you I can do it somewhere else. So this is interesting. From a Belichick standpoint, I have never definitively thought that he was just going to walk away altogether because of that competitive spirit and because of the fact that Tom went and did it somewhere else. But we all know these things run their course sometimes, and 20-plus years is an incredible run. Having said that, if you're Bill Belichick, do you want to run to David Tepper? No matter what the check is, like does that does the check matter at this point to Bill Belichick? I don't think so. I mean, it, it gets factored in, but that's not going to be the number one priority. Like there are some guys who are younger guys who at are smaller schools in college, and then an opportunity to jump to a big program for nine million a year comes up. I mean, yeah, that is going to be a massive factor. But assuming Belichick hasn't squandered all of his money, you'd have to imagine that if he's going to take another job, it's going to be about fit. He's going to want to win and be successful. He's not just going to want to cash in. The issue with Carolina is that you have a very hands-off coach, meaning he's the type of guy that kind of runs everything, with a very hands-on owner in David Tepper who's going to want to be involved. That right there feels like a potential red flag. Now, we saw it work with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, but then Jerry didn't want Jimmy there anymore, and he's hired a series of yes-men ever since. So either Tepper's going to have to be the one to make adjustments, or you're going to want to look somewhere else because I don't think Belichick would be your guy. Again, I'd go back to what we talked about months ago, which is the idea of going to the Chargers. They're not going to get in your way at all as an ownership group, and you're going to be able to start off with an offense that already has a pretty good quarterback in Justin Herbert there. Like, if you're, if you're Belichick, do you want to go from one Alabama quarterback to another? Uh, not particularly. Not particularly. I don't know what he thinks about Bryce Young, but I can't imagine he's terribly excited about him. But to your point... Take a listen to what Canty said this morning on Sportsman Like, because he's got a little birdie down in Carolina whispering in his ear about what's going on with Mr. Tepper and your point about being hands-on, so to speak. The owner of the Carolina Panthers has involved himself to the degree when it came to Frank Reich of asking to have more of certain play calls on the offensive side of the ball going into last week's game. Now, I'm not talking about game day. I'm talking about in the planning leading up to the game. There's somebody closer. They shot me a text because we were talking about this subject, and they said that's how bad it was in Carolina. 
Again, clown show. Clown show. That is David Tepper. It's a circus with the Carolina Panthers. I don't know who the hell would want that job if they got other options. You know, Canty, please. Uh, please. I, I, I tell you. <laughs> but your point earlier this week about the new Jerry, you know, Jerry, the last 15 years, has been more patient with coaches because those coaches have let him push them around and let him run the organization, right? I mean, he kind of ran – he didn't fire Parcells, but he kind of ran him off a little bit. Um, he certainly ran Jimmy off because of, he didn't feel like he got enough credit. If David Tepper's doing that, like that leads me to believe, even if they hired Belichick, that he'd be more than capable of running Belichick off. More than I, capable. I mean, it's just such a fascinating – dichotomy maybe being the word because to be an NFL owner outside of inheritance and in some instances it is the same thing with inheritance but you're someone who has a lot of money that has been made in some field other than football right yeah like you're not gonna make all your like Al Davis you know owned the Raiders bought the Raiders but he was a coach he understood the game but you don't have that anymore you have very successful individuals who have made mounds of money in some other industry and have had success they come in they buy a team and now they feel like because of the expertise they have making money and having so much success in the world they're gonna have success as an owner so they're gonna Mm. come in and start making decisions that's the biggest problem because they're not football guys just like tepper's not gonna hire frank reich to run his hedge fund right like why would you do that frank reich i from what i understand doesn't have experience running a hedge fund so why would tepper hire him to do that but that's what these guys do they own the team no one's gonna tell them no so they get involved in everything because they want to like the way we view our fantasy football leagues and our DraftKings and FanDuel lineups for daily fantasy that's how these guys view their own teams. They're literally playing fantasy football with a real NFL team. And good luck. It seems easy as a radio guy to sit here and say, yeah, man, you just got to back off. Let the football people make the football decisions. BS. This is a guy who's had a ton of success in his life. In his mind, he's going to figure it out. I'm interested to see what the coach would be, though. Because if it's Belichick, a guy who notoriously has been left to do his own thing, not just as a coach, but as a personnel man as well, you getting involved on a day-to-day basis like Canty's talking about, can you imagine something like that working? Like, is Belichick going to be open to something like that, in your opinion, at the next stop? I, I tell you, the other thing I'm thinking about with Belichick, what did I say the other day about hiring the coach that just got fired? You're telling him they did nothing wrong. Yeah. Belichick, in my estimation, over the last couple of years, this has been about hubris. This has been about my methods cannot be questioned as to what I'm doing. It is at the owner's meeting saying, what gives fans hope that this is going to get fixed? How about the last 25 years? In other words, it's a big blank you in that regard So I would be concerned just a hair from that standpoint about hiring Belichick. If I were the Chargers, I have to do it. I don't care. Yeah. Chargers without question. Like, why would you think twice? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. If I'm other places, if I'm I'm Tepper, if I'm Belichick, I wouldn't go near it. I wouldn't go near it.
Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more. eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply from the team that has the most losses in the nfl to just straight up picking losers that is all after joe has this from our friends at farm fresh christmas trees get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real christmas trees did you know that buying real christmas trees it actually helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry, which is plus number one. Plus number two, for every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs, which is something we should always be considering in this country. Plus, buying real Christmas trees, it helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at getrealkeepitreal.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. Losers! Listen, it's what we do best. We focus on losers. I, myself, very familiar with losers. The loser (laughs) lifestyle. Know all about it. So you stay in your lane, as they say. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We waste no time. We get to pick and losers. Seahawks and Cowboys. A little Thursday night football tonight, of course, on Amazon. Nine and a half point favorites are the Dallas Cowboys. Joseph, the Seattle Seahawks are losing this game. Offensively, they are a mess right now. They are banged up. Uh, Kenneth Walker was listed as doubtful. I doubt we will see him play. Uh, And we also have a situation where they have only scored three offensive touchdowns in the last four games. The Seattle Seahawks will lose tonight in Dallas. Yeah, complete agreement. The offense has fallen off a cliff. First four games of the season before their bye week, they were averaging 27 points per game. Seven games since the bye week, they're averaging just 16 points per game. Offensively, Geno Smith's not 100%. You mentioned Kev, Kel, uh, Kenneth Walker. On the offensive line, they're missing one of their starting guards. He's going to be replaced by a rookie. Dallas, number one in the NFL in pass rush win rate, which is going to be an issue protecting Geno tonight. In terms of covering the spread, I'm not laying the nine and a half with the Cowboys. If it got to 10, I might think about Seattle. But in terms of just picking a loser, this is Seattle. Broncos at Texans. The Texans, three and a half point favorites over the Denver Broncos. I believe that the Denver Broncos will lose this game. 
I'm riding with Houston here until they kill me. I'm riding with Houston here until they kill me. Here's the thing. C.J. Stroud has been so good. So good, Joseph. I cannot get away from it. I am uh, ensorcelled by his magician work on the field. And so I, I won't lie. You know what I am? Smitten. I'm smitten with C.J. Stroud. And with that in mind, I say the Denver Broncos lose in Houston. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because the money's been coming in on Houston. They've become a a bigger favorite. It's as high as three and a half right now. And I'm looking at what Denver's done, and it's just week in, week out. They're finding ways to get the job done. It might not always look pretty, but they're finding ways to get the job done. I want to pick Denver here. I haven't done anything from a financial standpoint yet. I might get to Denver plus three and a half when we get there. Uh, I'll go with them. I'll take them over Houston. Houston's been a lot of fun. They had the big win over Cincinnati, but then they were, you know, walking the wire against Arizona, and then they had a big measuring stick game against Jacksonville and got beat. Good game, but came up short. I'll say Houston loses this game. 49ers at Eagles. 49ers at Eagles, my friend. The San Francisco 49ers are three-point favorites in Philadelphia. I, I worry, Joe. This is the game that I truly worry about. I don't think the Cowboys next week are going to be an issue. But I will ride. I will ride. I will ride with Philadelphia. 49ers will lose this game. And the reason is quite simple. We go through this week in and week out. The 49ers are an outstanding team. The Eagles find ways to win even when not at their best and when they have to be at their best in the late part of games they make plays to go win games so that for me earns them the benefit of the doubt 49ers lose this game I'm going the other way on this one. I'm going to say the Eagles lose situationally. San Francisco has a big edge here. Played on a Thursday night against the Seahawks. Ten days to get ready. Healthy. Rested. Philadelphia, the exact opposite. Monday night game at Kansas City, followed by an overtime game against Buffalo. And now this one. The difference in this game will be the defenses. Philadelphia ranks 18th or worse in both efficiency and EPA. The Niners are top 10 in those two categories. If you can limit Jalen Hurts just a bit, I think the Niners are one of those teams that will not allow Philadelphia to make that one play late in the game to win like they've been doing the last few weeks. I think the Niners take advantage of the mistakes and put them away. Chiefs at Packers. Okay, listen, uh, I'll make this simple. The Chiefs are six-point favorites in this game. The Packers may cover, but the Packers are going to lose. This will be one of those games where the Packers play very well, but ultimately I think the Chief defense is going to force a big Jordan Love turnover late. Yeah, I want to make the case. I'll probably get there with the points in terms of the uh, making the bet, but straight up I'll say the Packers lose, but they've been very good the last few weeks. Turning a corner, another team with 10 days to get ready for this game. Kansas City did start slow against the Raiders, and we've seen some issues, but ultimately the Chief defense going against Jordan Love Plus, after watching what they just did to Detroit in that standalone game, you're not going to be able to sneak up on Kansas City. They're going to take you seriously here, so the Packers lose this game. 
Those are your NFL losers. Tomorrow we will pick your college losers in the championship games this weekend. We are fired up for that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80 every week this time. You know what it is. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. This is the Himbo Hammer. Ah, yes, the Himbo Hammer is here once again. Last few weeks, uh, did you have it last week? I Well, we I don't think we did it last week. Because did not it have was, it last week. Yeah, because of the short week. But two weeks ago, I did not fare particularly well. Uh, how are you feeling these days about the Hembo Hammer? I'm excited about it. I can't remember the last one we did. As soon as I heard the music there, I started thinking to myself, oh, yeah, we haven't done this in a couple weeks. So I'm fired up for it. I don't think I was on two weeks ago. I think I had a travel day in there or something. You, so yeah, I haven't you done this in like three weeks. Yeah, you you haven't. You were off two weeks ago. So let's uh, let's wipe the slate clean, if you will. Let's let's have a saltine and cleanse the palate <laughs> as we get our Hambo Hammer question. Hey boys, it's Hammer time. Your question this week is this: Which FBS team has won the most conference championship games all time? Good luck. Which FBS team has won the most conference championship games? all time interesting we will ruminate and we will have the answer for you in just moments plus nick saban once again pushing for alabama to get into the playoff is he right next espn radio and the espn app this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. This is the Himbo Hammer. That it is. Uh, this is not an easy question. This is not an easy question. Uh, it's not a hard question because there are just three or four teams to really consider here. But let's remind you what the question is. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Your smart speaker as well. Once again, the Hembo Hammer question. Hey, boys, it's Hammer Time. Your question this week is this. Which FBS team has won the most conference championship games all time? Good luck. Now, is, is he going to try to hit us with, you know, a CAA championship game because he noticed how he's, he didn't say Power Five, he said FBS. So now I got to figure out, you know, who won the Sun Belt Conference Championship 90 times. I hope you're up to date on Conference USA, my friend. <laughs> I better be all over Cincinnati. Um, let's talk this out for a sec. Um, okay. My thoughts that come to mind are uh, USC, obviously, Bama comes to mind. Miami comes to mind. Florida State comes to mind. Ohio State comes to mind. If I had to lean anywhere, I would probably lean Ohio State. Your thoughts? I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Bob Stoops in Oklahoma seemed to win that conference every year. I used to always make the joke, like many did, big game Bob Stoops, because he would run through the Big 12, he would annihilate everybody, and then it would either be a championship game or a playoff game, and they would get waxed off the face of the earth. I'm saying it with uh, conviction. I'm I'm not 
I'm not that convinced. I want to make it clear. It's not like I know it. It's not like he said it and I go, oh, I know the answer. I just think that's the best possible guess I can throw out there is Oklahoma. It felt like they won that conference year after year after year. Yeah, and I think that's a great guess. I myself am going to ride with Ohio State. It didn't okay? make your top 10, though. It's, it didn't seem to make your top 10 answers. I, you know what? I just forgot it. I just <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm scooting through it, it should have been in my top 10. Should have been. But I just, you know. It's like, again, here the, Joe, I, like, I think it could be these 25 candidates, and then after that I throw one out, and you're like, oh, that's a great guess. But it didn't make your top 25. Well, but <laughs> you know what you're dealing with on this end. Why are you surprised by anything not coming out of my head? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I find it humorous. It's That's the beauty of getting to work with you and getting to work on this show. It's humorous. It's fun. Yes, it's humorous. All right. Ugh. What goes All right, pave the way for uh, who's it going to end up being here? Jacksonville State, Georgia Southern. What do you got for us? The correct answer is Oklahoma. Oklahoma oh. 11 conference title games. Yep. Look at you. That's my own rage coming back to support me there because I used to just hate the idea of Oklahoma making playoffs and, and getting into conf- and getting into championship games. I hated it because they'd always get blown out. I have this thing against Oklahoma, and it's going to be like this every year until it eventually goes away and just dump, dumbs itself down. But like they would always be ranked first or second or third to start the season, and they'd blow out a bunch of nobodies in the Big 12, and the minute they step up in competition, they would get waxed. And I just hated it. Absolutely yeah. hated it. Yeah, there's always a stoops involved, it feels like. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And speaking of stoops, or more appropriately, college football, Nick Saban making his case for the SEC to definitively be involved in the college football playoff. In other words... Nick Saban making his case for Alabama to be definitively involved in the college football playoff. I haven't paid a lot of attention to it because, you know, we don't really control that. We have no control over that. We have control over how we play, how we execute, how we prepare our team, and that's where our focus is. I think there should be some representation from the SEC regardless of who wins the game. Absolutely. I think this is one of the best leagues, you know, in the country. Uh, And if you're a one-loss team, and you play through this league, uh, I think you're one of the best four teams in the country. So there's some kind of way there should be representation uh, because of the league itself and the competition in the league. Unless you're a one-loss team that's Georgia. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's what he's saying. Yeah. He's making – we all know that Georgia's in if they win. It doesn't matter. But we also know that Alabama is really up against it a little bit with being ranked with where they are, and that's completely wrong to me. Alabama is a team that, in losing the game to Texas earlier in the year that they did, they are running the gauntlet each and every year throughout that conference. Joe, it has to be respected, and it has to be acknowledged at the end of the year if they go in and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. I, I, I'm, I'm just shocked that this possible dis- that this discussion even exists the idea that they win that game over georgia and they don't make the playoff but it's, now, it's if, a fair discussion I, I i don't think so i don't i can see the case that people want to make I, I i don't georgia hasn't lost in like three years georgia's been at the top of this season almost the whole way georgia has taken out 
everyone in front of them. They've won convincingly almost every single week, and you're going to put them number one, and then a one-loss Bama team that has a good loss to a really good Texas team is going to go beat Georgia, and you're going to say not good enough to be top four. Why not? Right, That's well, the premier conference. That's the premier team. I understand. There's nobody that would have a bigger win on their schedule than that win right there. I understand that. If that's the case, why did they put a eighth? Why did they put a eighth? Because I just think there's gamesmanship in the buildup to all of this because they always have the ability to change it later. It was like, why is Ohio State number one? Why is Ohio State number one? And then eventually they got dropped to two, and it's just, why weren't they two to begin with? You knew Georgia was the better team. As the committee, you should have known that. But it was, well, you know, the Notre Dame win is a little bit bigger than what Georgia's done. Okay, fine. They always know they have the ability to correct these things down the road. So I don't read too much into the fact that they're eighth right now because they're going to vault up past a bunch of teams after this Georgia win, if they would get the Georgia win. I, I believe that they will be in this if they beat Georgia. And it's going to be tough, no matter how you slice it. You're leaving the SEC out of the playoff altogether. Why have a playoff? Why have a playoff? Because if we run into Michigan wins, Washington wins, Florida State wins, and then you've got Ohio State and Texas ahead of Alabama, but Alabama wins that game over Georgia, you're going to put them, vault them in front of them? Okay, I, I would be all for it, but I think there's a possibility they don't do it. If they don't do it, what are they doing it for? They're doing it to chase all the attention, I would think, because they will get destroyed if that happens. If Oregon beats Washington and Alabama beats Georgia, why does Oregon get ranked above Alabama? Oregon shouldn't. Or, or, or If Oregon beats Washington... Oregon goes and beats Washington. Right. Okay, in, the, in their conference championship game. Alabama right. beats Georgia... Shouldn't mm-hmm. Alabama be ahead of Oregon? They're both one-loss teams. I mean, I guess, but the the point is, is that is the bigger jump for Alabama at eight to one? Is that too much of a jump to justify? Like, not that they're going to be number one. Is that too much of a jump to justify when you have the number five team beat the number three team? I just think body of work, you'd have two one-loss teams. So what's the marquee win for Oregon? It's over a one-loss Washington team. Okay. That's a really good win. It's it's a really good win. What's the marquee win for Alabama? It's over a now one-loss Georgia team. That's a much better win, is it not? Mm. I would say so. I think beating Georgia is more important than beating Washington. So then outside of that, what else does Oregon bring to the table? Okay, all of this aside, chaos theory for a moment, okay? Chaos theory. Who do you want to lose to cause the most chaos? I only get to pick one. You can pick whatever you want. I mean, if you're if you're picking one team to cause the most chaos, it would have to be Georgia losing. Have to be right. It would probably have to be. Oh uh, well, you could say if, if you, you had could Iowa argue upsetting Michigan. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the one. Bingo. Happening. Bingo. Twenty three point favorites. I'm telling you, Iowa lulls you to sleep. Be careful. Wow. Be careful. If Iowa wins that game, is Michigan out? See ya. What a way for that to come to an end. Harbaugh back on the sidelines, mushing his own team. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I See, that's what I want. I want pain. <laughs> Iowa's offense has been sandbagging all year for this game. They hang 50. <laughs> 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.